Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, I want to think about, about choice, choices. So when you think about a choice in your life, what kind of person are you? Are you the kind that thinks that uh, you have lots of choice? There's lots of choices for you, that the world is kind of your oyster, and you have just maybe too many choices, too many choices. Uh, maybe that's kind of where you are. Maybe it's so much where you think, everything depends on the choices I make. And if I make the wrong choice, uh, then it'll go so horrible. Or if I make the right choice, well, then, then I've, everything's going to go great. Maybe that's kind of how you think. Uh, or maybe you're a little more like me where I think, I mean, I don't have so many choices. <laughs> Sometimes I think I got no choice in life, <laughs> right? Um, that no matter what I do, no matter what I, uh, the choices I might make, uh, none of it really seems to matter. Maybe you, you're kind of that person that thinks, I'm just the product of my genetics. And so I am what I am because, well, that's how my parents are. Or even on the product of my environment. Well, that's how my parents raised me. And that's everything that was right. I didn't have a great childhood, right? That's why I am what I am. And, and so everything's kind of faded for me. And I don't have much choice. I'd like us to think about fate, right? Fate. Do you, are you one that thinks life is kind of faded? That word fate, right? We use it for a lot of different kind of things. We'll say things like, uh, you know, he has a fatal disease. And so when we say a fatal disease, we think that's a, he's never getting better. He's going to die, right? Fatal, fatal disease. Or we'll say um, it's a fatal destination, right? It's, uh, that's, that's not going to end very, really well, right? Or a fatal attraction. Uh, that's not going to work out for anyone, right? These are things that lead to death, lead to death. Fate, right? And some would say even my, you know, my uh, death is faded, right? It's faded. I have no choice, no say, no say. The world is, kind of has this mind of, of fatalism, fatalism. Uh, most every culture has kind of a fatal, uh, fatalism kind of mind, uh, at least running through it somewhere. You know, the ancient Greeks would, had the mind of uh, the, the three fates, these are these three characters that decided what, the life of everyone, uh, whether they were a god or a person. The fates decided. And it was you just kind of went through the motions. Ancient Near Eastern people, and, and maybe even some today, would say, my, uh, my life is written in the stars. Kind of astrology. If you could just know what sign you were born in, or what's my horoscope say today, well, that's what's faded for me today. Okay? Uh, Asian cultures would have kind of a thought they might talk about more like destiny. You know, you, this is a, a destined relationship, a destined uh, kind of a destination, right? That's where you're going to end. Uh, Islam has this uh, kind of current in their, their theology. They, would, they have a phrase for it. They say, mashallah, right? which means God wills it. So no matter what you do, it's always God wills it. You get an A on a test. God willed it. Stubbed your toe, God willed it. God willed it. Uh, you find it, uh, it was kind of, this idea was abused and, um, kind of, uh, by slave traders when they would go to Africa, because in kind of an uh, African folk religion had this idea that the things that happen, they happen, and there's nothing you can do about it, because that's, you can't fight the gods doing what, they're going to get what they want. And so the slave traders would say, well, we're doing it, must be God's want it, 
right? Uh, and so it justifies all kind of horrible kind of stuff. See, fate is fatal. It leads to death. It leads to death. But it's also an illusion. It's a fatal illusion. Because God does say, you have a choice. We all have choice. That's what he's saying here. Deuteronomy 30, you get a choice. And he's given it to you. You can choose the way of God or the way of death. You can choose a way that's good or a way that's evil. You can choose a way that's life or a way of the death. You have a choice. What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? Because things are not written in the stars. There's not a destiny for your life. It's not fated. You can choose a way of life, a way of God, or you choose a way that's fatal. It's fatal. See, what God is saying here, by giving us choice, saying you have a choice, is that God really desires a relationship with you. God really wants a relationship with you. Uh, And a relationship that's one of love, one that's not forced. He's not compelling it. I don't know if you've ever been in uh, a relationship where the, the one, or maybe it's you, is trying to force the other person to stay. How well does that work? How well does that work? It's not really one of love. Right? You might force them to stay, but they're staying because they're fearful. For all kinds of reasons, might be fearful. You might call that an abusive kind of relationship. That's not one of, of love. You can make people stay. You can't make them love. And so God wants that uh, relationship of love. But why do we fall into this fatal illusion? Why is that so compelling? Why are we people all over? Why do we want to have this idea that it's fate? That we don't have any choice. I can't. I think when we go down that road so far, it's easy then to say that no matter what happens, it's not my fault. See, I I can't take any blame. Because, well, it's... I'm just a product of my environment. It's not my fault. It's, just, it's my genetics. It's not my fault. Right? It's, God didn't give me a choice. It's not my fault. It can take the pressure off. Take the pressure off. It, it's hard to make choice. I don't like making choices. I, I, you know, I don't like, my wife could tell you, I don't like going to restaurants, not because I don't like taking her out. It's because I don't like to choose. <laughs> I, I wish they would just say, here's your one. This, they just tell me, this is what you're eating. Oh, great. I would love it. <laughs> it it's hard. You know, you, in Jersey, we had these diners, and they'd have, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a Jersey diner, and it would be about 100 pages of choices. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing with this. I can't stand choice. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to make choices. Uh, and so it's, it feels good to feel like we don't have a choice. It, it feels good. It feels comforting. Someone else decided for me, um, and that can give me some peace. But despite that peace, it is a fatal illusion. It's a deception we can be led to believe. It's, it's, it's a fatal illusion because it sucks the life right out of you. And so it doesn't matter if you're an Islamic fatalist, uh, a Christian fatalist, an atheist uh, fatalist. If you're one that thinks that it's, life is just set before you and that everything's all foreordained, whether it's you know, God created it this way and he just set up the line of dominoes and we're just waiting for it to fall on me or you're the, you know you think oh big bang set it all up and it's just waiting to play out the way it all is going to play out if that's your way of thinking no matter what kind of flavor you bring to it it's fatal it sucks the life right out of you and if you're a fatalist you're going to have a hard time seeing that god is a god who could love you 
that God is all good and all loving. Fatalism is so destructive because it destroys our picture of God, of who he is, the one that we get in Christ Jesus. And see, this matters so much because the way you see God shapes the way you're going to have a relationship with him. And so if you see God as distant and cruel and uncaring and not, you know, not giving you any kind of choice in life and just forcing everything upon you, you will have a hard time seeing God as loving. You'll see him as cruel and unjust and you know, a tyrant. And so if that's your image of God, even if that's even a piece of your image of God, all right. What happens is that we end up saying, yeah, God, yeah, sure, I'll love you, God. Sure, God, I'll, I'll come to church. Sure, God, I'll bring my, my kids to, to Sunday school. I'll do all that stuff. Sure, God, I'll do it just so long you don't bring disaster on me. I, I, I'll do it, God, as long as things go well for me. It's not that I do it because I love God. It's because I'm afraid of him. I'm afraid. But if that's your idea of God... A lot of times it is part of our ideas of God. I'd like to introduce you today, introduce you to the real God, the God who really loves you, he, he, you and you really can love him because he really is lovely. Right? He's so lovely that he doesn't threaten you. He doesn't uh, threaten you at all. I'd like to introduce you to a God who reveals himself on the cross of Jesus Christ, and he shows perfectly the character of God, how willing he is to sacrifice himself for you, how willing he is to take every even negative picture you might have about God. He's willing to take that on and to suffer that shame and humiliation on himself, also that you can see the choice that he made for you. And the choice that he made for you is that he chose to go to the cross. He counted the cost, and he knew what it was. Jesus was not fated. That's not how the Gospels play this out, that he was fated to do this. It kind of tells the story as though he gets to choose, and he chose to go to the cross. That's the image of God we should have because that's the kind of God that we have. He's the God that does not create death but dies to defeat it. He doesn't foreordain evil. He's dying to defeat evil. He doesn't desire sin. He wants to eradicate every place that it exists so that you could share in his love and his redemption for he's altogether light and in him there is no darkness at all. He's a God who has chosen you. A God has chosen me. He chose out of his own free will, out of his own free choice, chose you Chose every single person ever to live. It's a risky choice, right? It's a risky choice because these people, not every person is going to love them. Some are going to choose to go another way. But he still made that risk. A choice that he made out of love so that he could give you his life. And as you give your life then to him... We're God's people because of the gracious love that God has poured out in Jesus Christ. That he's poured out to you in your baptism when God chose you to be part of his family. Uh, you, you receive more of that love when you're fed by his body and blood and the Lord's Supper where he chooses again to give it to you freely, his, himself. 
and where we come together as his people who are dearly loved by him, that we are loved and nourished together. And so we can be obedient. We can choose to live our lives for God as he calls us, and faithfulness and service, giving our life to our neighbors, even when, and especially when, it costs us everything. And we do it not as though we're trying to avoid God's wrath. We don't need to avoid it. It's already been satisfied on the cross. But we do it so that we get real life. Because that's where it really comes. Every day we're called uh, to choose life. To choose the way of God. Whether you are you know, a Word of Life teacher. Or whether you are a seminary professor. Or teachers out in the world sharing your faith. Wherever you are called. Every day we're given these choices to... Make decisions to choose a way of life. Decision. That word decide. Decide, it comes from a word that means to cut. So it's the same word we get for scissors from, is the word for decide. And it makes sense, because to decide something means, if I choose this, it means I have to cut off other choices, cut out uh, other options. And so, you think about you know, getting married, so recently remembering our own anniversary, uh, so I, I decided, right? And so that means I cut out all these other tons of options I had. Right? <laughs> cut them out, right? But it is. I mean, it's, it's saying I'm going to decide today, here and now, this is the one. And so I cut out other options forever, right? That's what decisions do, is they limit our possibilities, limit our options. And that's good. It's good to kill off things, to kill them off, to make a decision. Make, make decisions that eliminate other possibilities, other choices, you know, having fewer things in front of us makes life a little easier. And it's better for us. We need that discipline to get rid of those options and activities that, while in the moment they seem good, they can get in the way of real life. And, and can get, rid of, get in the way of having a, a deep life with God. In the moment, it might not always seem easy. In the moment, it can be hard. But in the end, it always is the one that gives joy. This call to choose life, it comes with a promise. It comes with a promise from God that our community will be liberated from hatred, strife, and contempt for one another. That we will be full of more and more of the love of God and the life of God, the presence of God. We have this choice before you today, every day. I, I could choose in life to go after the pound of flesh and somebody else. I could. Someone's wronged me, I can go, and let's go and make it right, and I get mine. And even the world might say, uh, look at me with honor and respect, because you didn't let someone, you know, go over you and, and trample you down. Well, yeah, you could. But where does that lead us? Instead, we choose, we decide, cutting off things that lead to death. We, we, we cut off those things because we are loved immensely by God. We choose life by being obedient to our God and not pledging any allegiance to anything else. We choose life not by seeking our own safety and security, but in risking ourselves for others. We, we choose life by deciding not to withhold from others, but to give ourselves freely to others. We choose life by speaking truth in a world of lies, regardless of the cost. We choose to love God and do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with our Lord because that is what gives real life.
Your life, it has significance. It has importance. Every life does. It does. Uh, not because every decision you make is really grand and important, because, to be honest, most of them aren't. Okay? But you have significance because you are created in the image of God. Right? You are created in the image of the Creator. And so your life has meaning. And, and sure, your life is, and your choices and your decisions, they're tainted by sin. Are, all of them are. But you still have significance. And so the choices you make and the work that you do, the things that you set your hands to, do it with the grace of God. St. Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, as God's co-workers, as a co-worker with God, I urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Right? Don't, you're receiving God's grace. Don't let it just sit there. Don't let it just sit empty in your life. Let it work in your life. Let it change the way you choose. Let it change your decisions. Let it uh, change the way you think about maybe your time. Your time. 168 hours in the week. We're kind of thinking about this this week, right? Time. All right, so you give an hour this morning. Okay, great. You gave an hour to God. Oh, you came for Sunday school. Great, you gave two. Okay. <laughs> what, what about the rest of the 167? Think about the 167. And now I'm not saying you've got to be here at, at this building. In fact, I'd say don't be here. But <laughs> right? uh, what, what about, how am I choosing those hours? What am I choosing to do with them? How am I choosing to spend them? How am I choosing... To live those 167. What choices am I making? What things am I cutting off? Right? So that I can choose life. Choose those uh, things. So, so let the grace of God change you. Don't let it sit empty in your life. Let, let it help you decide. Let it help you choose. Help you cut off the things that don't give you life. Let it cut off the things that suck the life from you. Instead, choose the things that do give life. For you are a co-worker with Christ. Your actions, your choices make a difference in the world. Your life carries incredible significance as you partner in the kingdom of God. The spirit of, of the living God is always active, it's always moving, it's always influencing through his people. And it is risky. Okay? It's risky to make choices with our 167 hours. And it can feel reckless. And it could cost you your life. But the choice to be all in with Jesus, right? the choice to be all in with Jesus is the only choice that will ever bring life. It's the only choice that will ever bring wholeness. It's the only choice that ever brings peace. It's the only choice to bring you everything. It is not fatal. It is not an illusion. It's the real thing because it's real life. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, our hearts and minds in true faith to life everlasting. Amen.